This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is the We Art Tacoma podcast. Welcome back to another episode of We Art Tacoma. I'm your host, Eric Hanberg. I'm producer Doug. How are you doing, producer Doug? Just great. The The sun has come back out. The Yeah. Yeah. Uh, today we are talking to uh, David of uh, the Tacoma Film Festival and uh, Melinda Rabine, who is a local filmmaker. Uh, you're active in the film circle sometimes, aren't you? Producer I am a Doug? bit, yes. And I met um, her some time ago and it was lovely to see her again. Yeah. So uh, let's give this a listen. Uh, the film festival is coming up October through th- 3rd through the 10th. Welcome back. We are here on the We Art Tacoma podcast to talk about the Tacoma Film Festival, and I'm joined by two guests, uh, Melinda and David. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Yeah, thank thank you. Do you want to introduce yourself? I'm Melinda Rabine, and I'm a local filmmaker here in Tacoma. And David? Um, I'm David Donnell. I'm the director and programmer of the Tacoma Film Festival. And the Tacoma Film Festival is uh, its part of the Grand Cinema. This is this is a Grand That's Cinema right. production, yes. if you will. <laughs> and you said it's in its 14th year now? It's 14th year. Um, it's a week-long festival. Most of it takes place uh, in the Grand, and then we do have some additional um, screenings and films yeah. um, at the Pantages and Blue Mouse and like awesome. That. Yeah. Awesome. Melinda, you uh, are a local filmmaker and you have a mm-hmm. film in the sh- in the festival this year. I do. It's called Stories of Us Camp Second Chance. Camp Second Chance. Mm-hmm. Wow. I want to get back to the film for a second, okay. but tell me when did you start making making movies? Um, it actually started my first one was a short film, a narrative, and um, that was Back. We filmed in November of 2015, and we wrapped, did pre-production or post-production on it, and started hitting the festivals with it in about um, at the end of 2016, 2017. So, so your first movie you started taking out on the festival circuit. I did. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of experience in front of the camera, and so that's where my training really learning um, about filmmaking that's how I got my training. Where'd you get that exp- that experience in front of the camera? Um, I was an act as an actor. Oh, yeah. So, well, let's start with that. How, when when <laughs> when did you start acting? Oh gosh, take me back. You know, I started my first class that I remember was in middle school, and after I did the class, the instructor was like, "Okay, now you all are actors and actresses." At the time, you could say actresses, and it was fine. Um, <laughs> And so I was like, "What, really?" I just remember being so like, "Oh my gosh." I was, you know, a little kid, and it just never left me. But what I was finding, which I think happens with most people who go into the industry, is that because of your exterior appearance, you are kind of put in certain categories. Mm -hmm. And I just felt that the categories that I was put in or placed in weren't, um, didn't expand my acting realm. Or sometimes I would do a production and you would see the final product and you're like, 
that's not exactly how I envisioned not, it right. or what I thought it was going to turn out to be. And, you know, and um, that happened to me a number of times. And I really wanted to do something that spoke to my heart. So I took on the topic of mental trauma, mental illness, but in this case brought, brought on by sexual domestic abuse. Um, it's... It's set, set, a, set a time frame for me. When are we talking about that you, you tackled this? I actually did it before the Me Too movement came. When the Me Too, it was about a year um, right before it all, the Me Too all started to come yeah. out. And so yeah. when the Me Too started to come out, I was like, yes, Asylum is going to get this lift that it want, needs. It's going to have this voice. And it hasn't. Um, I literally get people saying to me that they can't believe that the lead actor would do something like this because of his demographic, because of his appearance. So um, middle-class, white businessman. And what are we finding out today? That what happens, a lot of our perpetrators in sexual domestic abuse or cases are in that demographic. I did get people who said, I could believe it if it was someone of a minority or someone in the gangs or what, in the hood. Was this a, a documentary or a narrative? It was a narrative. So I put it together. Um, it didn't happen to me, but I put things together that I had experienced. And I had said to myself, what would it have taken to push me out of the edge, like mentally? Because I'm a very, like, uh, everything's okay. I, I've got everything under control. Everything's always okay. And I think that's what a lot of us do. We put this wall up of protection. Everything's okay. Everything's right. great. And what had happened is one of my friends, who's a director, his feature film got screened at the Seattle International Film Festival. A number of things that happened to this woman actually happened to me, had just happened to me recently. So I was given the date rape drug. I was raped about a couple of years prior to that. And so I knew, and two guys gave me the date rape drug. So I knew what was going to happen if oh, I had gosh. not been with one of my best friends who yeah. saved me that night. And I just remember being fearful and scared and couldn't move my body. And I didn't even trust my best friend that I was with, um, just out of, you know, just sure. fear. And, um, and then I ended up going to watch that film and went to the after party and it was fine, it was okay. And um, went to go walk to my car up in Queen Anne. That's a you know, lovely, beautiful neighborhood with big houses and huge um, bushes, hinges. And I... I remember just it's so amazing how powerful the mind is because yeah. I remember my mind telling me you walk down that street in that neighborhood you will not be alive they will jump out of the bushes you will not be able to get to your phone and they will kill you mind you there wasn't anyone that I could see but in my mind that's what I was believing and I couldn't move and I was shaking so bad and um, trembling and I was crying and I couldn't move and it's really hard for me to ask for help, but that's what I had to do is I had to call my friend who was just literally across the way, across the street mm -hmm. at the after party and just said, I need your help. Yeah. And he actually um, is a, also in the um, film festival mm -hmm. up in Seattle mm -hmm. and um, didn't ask me any questions. He was very much of a gentleman and walked me to my car. He's like, it's okay. We're going to get you to your car. We're going to get you in the car and we're going to get you home. And that's what happened. And he became a producer onto the film. And um, yeah, and so that asylum looks at what happens when we put up those even though it's a traumatic event for her, it gives a voice to all of those who are going through mental trauma. And her experience yeah. comes from sexual domestic abuse, which um, when it was shown at a, a clinic of survivors of sexual trauma, the um, director was like, 
I actually didn't show her until she told me a story that mirrored very much asylum. And I, I had her and a counselor and a survivor watch it. And they were like, it needs to get out there. It needs to be seen. But it's not getting, it's just not getting the voice. And I thought it would. And I thought after everything that constantly is coming up in our media, constantly bringing to life of what, um, you know, certain demographic of males are doing in our country, that it would pick up. And it just, it hasn't. And I think it was just screened in D.C. at a festival that focused on women directors, um, filmmakers. So that just happened um, this past weekend. If, if um, someone's listening right now and they're interested in seeing it, the, the title you said is Asylum. Where Asylum. where could they find it? Um, if they contact me through Facebook, because there is an Asylum face page, Facebook page, excuse me, and Instagram, but Asylum is such a common word. Right. And I picked it because of the fact of it actually has two meanings. And one is asylum, of course, in mental hospital, but the other one is what we do. We seek asylum within mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. But if they um, look at Melinda Rabine, so R-A-E, be like in boy, Y-N-E, and tell me that you're interested. I am looking at doing a, um, because people in Tacoma keep asking me about it. It was hugely supported. I had over 30 business sponsors and organizations from Tacoma um, to Seattle to all around Washington State. Um, so people are interested in yeah. seeing it. They just, it just needs a a place. Are you a Tacoma filmmaker? You I live, am. live, live yeah. in film in Tacoma? Yeah. And so my second project actually was a year I was following the methanol refinery. And mm-hmm. that was all on my own. Um, you know, amazing people. Doug. And Produce, we actually, sound, producer Doug. Yeah. Hi, producer Doug. And we actually did an interview in here. And um, it was just trying to secure funding for post-production. Because even though I went around with the camera for most of it, I, I'm not an editor. And I actually did get a little small budget from the 253 Film Group. You know, which, Do you want to say, say what that um, is? It's just a project um, run out of the grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, um, I think it's getting... Um, I think the seed is uh, money is from I think a county program, but the grant is administrating it. Mm-hmm. One of my coworkers, and it's to it's designed to um, um, kind of help uh, filmmakers in the sort of initial stages mm-hmm. of production. I love yeah. the way that the grant supports filmmakers. I mean, there was yes. a, a screenwriting class. My mm-hmm. wife recently went through nice. a two week intensive make movie class at the grand. Yeah. put on, and I will say intensive, I mean, yeah. I swear it was 30 hours a week for <laughs> two weeks, but, uh, yeah. you know, make a nine-minute movie at the end of it. That's yeah. A, yeah. a cool thing. And and um, how have you found Tacoma as a place to to do the work that you do? To flourish? Yeah, I, I love uh, that. Yeah, that's what I would say is that grant gives me the opportunity to flourish. So not only did I get the grant, but I've taught a couple of summer intensive classes with the wee little ones. Okay. <laughs> and um, Tacoma's, you know, it's always been an art see town and community and I hope it continues to stay that away as we get a lot more um, implants coming in that we don't lose that part um, and I feel that it's a family here it's a family of supporters you know the the grand picked up this documentary and I'm here having a podcast interview right. with you Eric and David That's and right. um, they had an open house um, on Friday um, of previewing on what's going to be happening at the film festival. And you find a lot of activities like that through the grand, really supporting their local filmmakers, their artists. And then we also they also do quarterly meetings where they bring filmmakers together. And then um, there's a film summit that happens in May. And that's actually where I've met my editor who's going to work on the methanol. So I named it as of right now, our voices matter because yeah. that's what happened is Tacoma came together like no other 
town that I've ever seen so fiercely to fight something that they knew just wasn't beneficial for this community. And I are still fighting now with LNG. And um, yeah. yeah, so. David, I'm going to charge the grand for that ad that uh, she just yeah. produced on the spot for you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> They're an amazing organization. I can't say enough about them. Tell, tell me about the movie that uh, is in this year's film festival. Uh, yeah. It's called Second Chances, is that right? So Stories of Us. Stories of Us, okay. And um, Camp Second Chance. Second Chance, that's where mm-hmm. I got that, okay. Mm-hmm. And so you got, I know, it's a very long, lengthy title. And w- the reason I picked Stories of Us is because, you know, after the election, I just felt that our country, there was divisions down the line. And there's, there's obviously, there was hurt in our country and, you know. And it hurt me to see that what happened at the elections. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to take a little project and um, show people the beauty of America. So, again, it was stories of us, which is supposed to be stories of people across the U.S. And I sure. decided I would um, test it at a, um, a homeless camp, which I went to go and work with help building many homes and asked if I could film them and get their stories and thought it'd be a great like platform, you know, a pilot to send it off and see if there'd be any interest. But what I came to find out was it there was so much more to it. I couldn't just put an eight minute piece together. And actually when I approached the camp and the um, director of the camp, um, he said, yeah, if you want to film us, that's great. But if you really want to see what it's like, to be living here, why not live here? And I was like, okay, challenge. I'll take it. <laughs> and then, um, but so, I did, so you lived in a, a homeless camp for, uh, if I for understand, a week. A week. And a week? I I chose specifically to do it in the winter time. Um, and I decided, well, because of weather-wise, I was given the opportunity and given the okay in August, so I could have came in September. And I was like, you know, it's not really Washington weather. And I was hoping I could show the gray clouds and, you know, some rain. Well, I got gray clouds, rain, wind, and snow and right. blizzard. And um, and I decided to do it during the holidays because that's, you know, I think people can relate during that time, you know, of what it's like. That, you know, for them, typically people have somewhere to go and a lot of these people don't have anywhere to go. And I felt like if I was really going to get people to open up to me and tell me their stories, their personal stories, um, I needed to be there with them. And I was hoping to get maybe three, maybe four stories. And I ended up getting um, 12. So, yeah, um, it was, you know, I didn't know what to expect. It was definitely a a journey for myself and and showing the strength you know I know I say this in the film that it was so cold but for me being cold is I hate being cold and being homeless you never get out of the elements like you are always in the elements and where they had me they they really didn't have an extra tent for me and then the little um the little houses there were some little micro homes being had already been built in on the grounds and what they ended up putting me is called a um it's kind of like their overflow so if someone comes and needs a place to stay for a night they'll put them in there and it's this big huge you know like a car um, tent that Mm -hmm. you drive your car in and um the zipper didn't zip (laughs) so (laughs) it was open (laughs) but they were great and they put a a tarp over the opening and then i saw that they insulated one of their community tents with blankets so i brought blankets from the neighborhood to do that and then left them there at the um, camp afterwards but this is a camp that was founded by the homeless who had been experienced various different 
um, homeless camps mm-hmm. in Seattle and other areas, and also just being homeless on the streets and under the, and, you know, overpasses and stuff. And they are like, we could do better and we want better for ourselves. And it's remarkable stories that they end up sharing. And then I go back and I end up following up with them. I end up staying in contact with them and seeing the other other things that they've done after I've left. And I just felt it was important to highlight that. So there's now a feature-length documentary out of all of this. Yes. Wow. That's really amazing. Um, We are going to take a sponsor break. And then when we come back, uh, I want to hear more about when we can see this movie at the film festival and more about the film festival in general. So stick around. This is Alaska Airlines Mileage Plan MVP Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, Nerd Farmer. Hope and I are setting off on a new adventure. We're moving to the Middle East for the next few years and exploring a new culture. Don't worry, don't worry. The Nerd Farmer podcast isn't going anywhere. But do you know what is coming with us? My Alaska Airlines mileage plan. Here's what's cool. Alaska has more than 15 global partners, which allows me to earn and use Alaska miles even when I'm not flying Alaska. So if I leave SeaTac and fly direct to Dubai on Emirates on an eligible fare, I'm going to earn Alaska miles on that flight. That means whenever I fly home, I'm going to be racking up some insane miles that I can use to book future travel. If you have an international vacation plan, check out the list of Alaska Airlines partners, like Japan Airlines, British Airways, Cathay Pacific, Qantas, and a whole lot more. Enter your Alaska Airlines mileage plan number when you book with Alaska Global Partners, and watch those miles add up toward elite status on your next trip. My thanks to Alaska Airlines for their continued support of Channel 253. Learn more at alaskaair.com backslash global partners. And welcome back. Thank you to the sponsor of this episode. And thank you to our members. Uh, If you don't know, Channel 253 uh, is also member supported for $40 a year or $4 a month. You help make podcasts like this happen. And uh, all of our other podcasts as well. The new show, What Say You, with Melanie Denise Cunningham and Audrey Cunningham. Nerd Farmer (laughs) with Nate Bowling. uh, Interchangeable White Ladies and many, many others are all part. It's a great title, isn't it? (laughs) 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 They break down uh, white privilege. It's a really good one. Hmm. Uh, All part of the Channel 253 network. Right now, Citizen Tacoma is going strong with uh, interviews with all of the different candidates for political office. So go check us out, Channel 253.com. 253.com or uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, membership is at channel253.com slash membership. Back to our main topic, which is film. So the Tacoma Film Festival is every October this year. It is October 3rd through the 10th. What can you tell us about this year's show, David? Um, we uh, So it's eight days, and we are showing... Um, I think 12 um, narrative feature films, showing nine feature-length documentaries, including Melinda's film. Mm -hmm. And we have um, 24 programs of short films. Wow. Yeah. And four of those are uh, specifically focused on uh, films from Pacific Northwest. Okay. Uh, That that leads me to my next question, which is, what do you look for when you try to fill a, a, you know, a slate of films? Uh, what makes for a good film festival as far as you're concerned? Because you've done this before. This isn't your sure. first film yeah, festival you've programmed. Different, different film festivals. Um, well, one thing, you know, I think we're, um, 
you know, I, I, this is my second uh, Tacoma Film Festival that I've um, programmed, and, you know, I'm specifically programming for community here. The festival itself, um, I think over time, it really has developed into a focus and being a, a really kind of vibrant venue for independent filmmaking. And so kind of with that as the general uh, framework, we're really looking to show uh, really bring to Tacoma uh, like a wide range of films, and that could be, you know, various different uh, forms of documentary, different approaches to storytelling, um, you know, mix of, you know, comedy, uh, really serious topics, sometimes really serious topics uh, dealt with in a comedic way. Sure. Um, you know, that whole, and, you know, also mixing in some animation, and, you know, we have a program specifically uh, for a music video as well and a virtual reality exhibition. So part of it is that I think anybody that comes to uh, the festival and if they see, you know, just a, a couple short film programs, they're going to get a sense of like what is happening right now with, uh, you know, independent film. And I think a lot, many filmmakers, um, even those that are you know, making films that we might see at like the Cineplex and commercial films, you know, they, they all start off making short films. They all start off making, um, you know, films that are done with, uh, you know, inventively done with like little resources. Yeah. And and then there are some filmmakers that that's their also their uh, chosen way of working. They They want to, you know, make a film that and it might just be short short film or sh- kind of short art films as well so it, it, not everybody is uh, you know making uh, a short film to go on and make a feature right so, they're not all auditioning for no. the <laughs> no <laughs> Um, so part of that is just really bringing a wide range of, yeah. of work. And, you know, and then there, there are all these uh, different kinds of works that are kind of sitting next to each other. Some of the programs, you know, have a, a documentary and then it'll go into fiction and animation and, you know, another documentary. Yeah. Some, some of the programs, it'll just be, um, you know, six or seven uh, short fiction works or, or a half dozen documentary films. But okay. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty wide range. And this year uh, you're having a special opening night at uh, the Pantages is what yeah. I understand. Yeah, it's, it's really going to be a, a tremendous uh, community event. Um, it's a really special film. It's called The Infiltrators. Uh, it's directed by uh, a couple, Alex Rivera and Christina Ibarra. And they're both... Um, uh, kind of independent filmmakers, and um, Infiltrators is based on a um, kind of true story that happened during the Obama era, where there were um, two immigrant rights activists that um, purposely got themselves uh, detained in a um, in a detention center down like in Florida. Like the one that we have in the, in the yeah, port. Very but similar, in, but yeah. But somewhere else. But in Broward mm-hmm. County, Florida. And they did this as a way to, it's kind of like a reverse prison break movie. They got they wanted <laughs> to get on the inside to be able to get people out. Okay. And so they used that as a way of uh, getting people um, information from uh, family and, and sort of legal support that existed on the outside uh, as a way to get that information in and, and uh, get that information out and as a way to um, re- people that were, on the, that were on the verge of being deported from this country, uh, which is also you know, a situation that is happening daily now, um, being sent back to 
you know, countries where um, they're being put back in danger right. um, and to get them to be able to uh, have their due process here, to be able to stay here legally. Um, so that's the, – the film is – and it's a very inventive film. It's a hybrid of fiction and documentary. So they huh. um, have the two uh, activists that had done all this work um, are part of the film, and that's sort of the documentary element. But then they recreate – uh, the actual events that took place in in 2012, and they, um, I think, they, the filmmakers that got access to, they couldn't get access to the actual detention center, so they accessed some abandoned or disused psychiatric hospital, okay. and then they made that look like uh, the detention center. I don't. So think it's they, an interesting blend of, of fiction. Yeah, and, and what. Um, it had its premiere at Sundance, where a couple of my coworkers had seen it. And when I when I watched a, a, a copy of it, I was really struck and surprised at how um, kind of suspenseful and compelling it is. Um, you know, for such a serious topic. Yeah. And you know, there, and there's also um, some humor to it. And I think the um, it's a very um, uh, it's a very inspiring work too, and so part of the, this event, we are we're bringing uh, one of the directors, Alex Rivera, up. Um, he's going to be um, in conversation with uh, one of the program directors at KNKX uh, for a post screening uh, kind of conversation and uh, audience Q and A. And then we're also we've also been working with uh, many different. Um, activists and organizations in Tacoma that are doing work around the detention center or just doing anti-deportation work or immigration rights uh, work. So it's really a kind of community all coming together. And that's going to be Thursday, October 3rd at the Pantages. And this is the first time um, that the uh, opening night for the Tacoma Film Festival is at at the Pantages. That's exciting. We usually have it at the Grand, but we really wanted to kind of broaden uh, the potential. Ten, ten times as big. <laughs> yeah, well, <you> know, <laughs> yes. So we're uh, hoping that you will help us fill that. <laughs> I don't see it being a problem. It sounds yeah. extremely interesting yeah. and yeah. promoting, you know, out to the right organizations. I can't imagine you will be filling every seat in that <laughs> and, and when can we see your film during uh, during the film festival? Do you do we know the dates? Yes. I, I have it open I was here. But... Actually, um, it's on Saturday, October 5th mm-hmm. at 1 p.m. And I am out at the Blue Mouse, <laughs> which is bigger seating. <laughs> I was told I will have no problem filling that, you guys. <laughs> so buy your tickets. <laughs> yeah, no, it um, sold out both screenings at the Seattle International Film Festival. So I, oh, wow. yeah, and so I definitely, you know, Tacoma also really has its heart on social justice issues. I think we've seen that with environmental, the deportation center, um, you know human rights. And then, you know, homeless is a big issue right now that's uh, being discussed, not just in Tacoma, but all over. So, Yeah. What are your uh, visions for what you might do with the film after it plays uh, at the local festivals? You know, I want to sit down and talk to some people who have a little bit more knowledge um, than I do and, and where what's the best avenue to take it. Um, I ended up doing it and just like, you know, I'm going to put it in um, Seattle International Film Festival. And they took it and they took it in a heartbeat. And I literally finished it, got it to them. And I'm still actually doing some more updates because there's just some things I felt like it was important to capture that I didn't have. Um, 
because of timing wise, um, it was really fresh when it got to SIF. So I think I got it to the end of April and SIF starts May 19th. Yeah. And um, they were gracious with me and as Tacoma's being with me. Um, but yeah, I, so I'm just kind of, this has all been like a whirlwind. <laughs> and I'm just trying to figure out, I was like, okay, maybe I'll have, you know look at film festivals. Um, I think some film festivals, feel like it's just a, you know, because it, it captures a story within Seattle. And I think some festivals see that as just like a, a Seattle piece. But it, I was hoping that they wouldn't. I would hope that people would see that, yes, though I stayed at a camp in Seattle, these are... Very similar to, issues that happen yeah, everywhere. Yeah, that is happening everywhere. I think you can... And that I think people, what people I'd like, I'd hope people would find is that maybe our perception and our thoughts and our stereotypical ideas of what homelessness is will, you know, be shattered a little bit and open the eyes. It was um, asked to be, it's been screened at a number of organizations to bring, to talk about the issue up in Seattle. So one at a high school and I was kind of nervous because, you know, I'm like a high school, like, are they really going to be into this? And they stayed through the Q&A and then talked to me after the Q&A. And it was really insightful for them and kept their attention. And then it was asked to be screened at, um, at Equity Rights okay. up in Seattle and stuff. So helping to bring that topic in. So it yeah. just seems like it's also kind of an educational piece. That's great. So the opening is of the festival is October Third mm-hmm. at the Pantages, and then two days later, yes. folks can come to the Blue Mouse at, it says, 1 o'clock yes. to see Stories mm-hmm. of Us. Yeah, and then two other short films are playing at the same time, correct? That's right. Yeah. So yeah, right before your of, film. Yeah. yeah. So a t- couple shorts, uh, a film about kites, and then another film, Everywhere, Nothing is Hidden. Yeah. Which is a portrait of the uh, large community. So oh, really? That's yeah. really great. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's a really nice film. So. Nice. Yeah. So good, yeah. That's really wonderful. And it, some of the campers are coming, or residents. Excuse me, residents from the camp. Of Larsh. Um, oh no, of, of, from the camp. Mm-hmm, well, are oh. are going to be coming down as well, so they'll get to talk with them. Will, will there be like a conversation or a... afterwards? We're doing mm-hmm. a Q and A, right? So some of my crew are be there along with some of the residents from the camp. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And that uh, that happens a lot with the uh, the festival. There's mm-hmm. a number of filmmakers that kind of come in from. Uh, Actually, internationally, we have a couple of filmmakers coming in from Europe and all around wow. the states. Um, and Tacoma's just, a big deal. Yeah, yeah. it is. Well, <laughs> Tacoma Film Festival, it got um, top fifty, right? Yes. Festivals. Yeah. To, top, top fifty. What film festivals to be in? And they've had wow. that for a number of years. So Tacoma Film Festival, I mean, you know, people don't think about it, but Tacoma Film Festival is a pretty, We're pretty not, huge. Not top fifty in anything usually. So <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, one of the things I like to do on the podcast at the end is give an opportunity for my guests to just give a shout out to an arts organization or an artist who is doing really good work in Tacoma. It doesn't have to be in film at all. It could just be someone who who you admire, who you respect for doing really cool art. Again, organization or individual. Do, do either of you have anyone that jumps to mind? This is this is uh, this is how I think of this is how I think I of do. new guests. So. Oh, I don't. I apologize that this sounds uh, self-serving, <laughs> but um, we we had a really great opportunity to work with Art Chantry for this year's design for the festival, and he um, you know, made this really beautiful poster. But um, and one of my coworkers had worked with him back in. Um, 
you know, the nineties, yeah. uh, he designed one of the, uh, my coworkers record, record album cover. Um, so, you know, very familiar and arts kind of a legend. He's a, a graphic designer who has done so much, uh, yeah. so much stuff and, and record lab, uh, posters and record covers. Yeah. And, and he's a Tacoma guy. Yeah. And, you know, his reputation preceded him. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but it was really surprised to, um, you know, he invited uh, some of us to go at his studio and kind of, um, we made it like, um, we had one of our... Uh, local filmmakers do a short little portrait of him at work. That was and an amazing trailer for, yeah. for both. For the, It's the best trailer for a poster that I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen. I'll put it that way. And right, it right. was really inspiring. It was really yeah. well done. Yeah. So well, Art, he's a really, he's a, um, he's a very good filmmaker too. Yeah. Um, but um, Art, so it was just a, it was a nice surprise. Um, you know, you work with an artist that you haven't worked with before. And um, yeah, it was Art a lot Jennifer. of fun. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Does anyone come to mind? You know, there are so many artists here in Tacoma, and um, I'm going to do a shout out to Katie Dean. Um, she is um, she does those prints. I don't know if you've seen them around. And there's one that I really loved when I went to um, at an event, and it was kind of a big purchase for me. She let me do layaway payments on one of her art pieces. It was one in five. And it was just, if you looked at the piece, you kept seeing more and more stories within a story. And it was just beautiful. And she's here in Tacoma. She's what, a great What was woman. the print made out of? Or was it a like a, a letterpress or a woodcut? Yes, okay. I think a letterpress. And then they, had, so my piece is, is about as big as this table that we're in. Actually, a little bit bigger. Oh, did, did she make this at the at the Waze Goose Steamroller print? Was it? No, I. she does it on her own. It was oh, wow. through... Um, Tacoma, where they honor various different artists, and they were having it at the um, Pacific um, Pacific Islander Center down mm-hmm. on um, South Tacoma Way. I apologize, mm-hmm. I'm probably saying that wrong. The Asia Pacific yes. Cultural Center. Thank you. Thank you for that. And so one of her pieces was there. She wasn't there, and I ended up contacting her, and I have that piece hanging in my apartment. How and cool. she's a great Lady. Katie Katie Dean. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I have met her. So, uh, yeah. as I said, that's this is how I get guest ideas for future. Yeah, episodes, I'm happy so. to give you some other guest <laughs> ideas. So, well, thank you both. Um, oh, the you. website for this again is TacomaFilmFestival.com. Do you recommend people get uh, tickets in advance? Yeah, mm-hmm. I would. Yeah, especially for we're doing a very special Bruce Bickford uh, symposium, which is organized by. Um, Tacoma filmmaker Isaac Olson. Bruce Bickford was a kind of cult animator that uh, just passed away this past spring. And Isaac and people of the Bruce Bickford estate have kind of organized that. And so that's, I would recommend getting tickets for that ahead of time for sure. Okay. And uh, just whatever other films that catch your interest. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And uh, Thank where you. can people find you on the on the interwebs? By my name, Melinda okay. Raybine. So Melinda with an E, M-E-L-I-N-D-A, and then Raybine is R-A-E-B-Y-N-E. So Facebook, Instagram. It's been a little quiet for me because, like I said, I have had been a little bit sick this year, and I'm I'm good. I'm in a real good place now, thank goodness. Um, but yeah, that's how they can find me. Okay. My Twitter, I don't Twitter that well. Okay. That much. So Facebook I'll, and Instagram. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, but yeah, I don't really respond. <laughs> okay, and, or they can see you October 5th yes. at the Blue Mouse. Yes, and there'll yeah. be a Q&A so they can yes, talk. They can ask the questions. Yes. All right, thank you both. Thank, thank you, you, Eric.
Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.